<laughs> Drink a little water. <laughs> That's why we're alive. So let's see here. Let's wait for the bed. People hop on. I have a hot spot in so. my house. Just to let you know. Just what? We go overboard. I have a hot stop in one and a half hours, just in case we overrun like the last time. Got it. <laughs> no problem. Okay, let's see here. We're live. We're live, and looks like people are gonna start hopping on. <laughs> Sales is a popular topic, so um, I'm sure. Let me share this link here for everyone, so you guys can share to your audience. <laughs> Just a second here. Yeah. Hey everyone, thanks for hopping on. Hello. Hello. So I got Jeremy here, Timothy, Eldrick, Jennifer. So today we gotta to talk about sales. So it's a very popular topic. It's the heartbeat of every business. If you can't sell, you don't eat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hi. Mm -hmm. That's okay, Jennifer. Sorry. That's all right. right. So you guys should have the link as well. So got it. Got the link. All right. Okay. You guys want me to start, right? Yeah. Um, well, today we could talk about sales. So um, what we want to talk about first is how are you as a consumer? Before we get into the whole diving into sales, so uh, let's start, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, consumer. Um, okay, I, I always I always say I tell people you know, um, retail is the easiest and also the hardest um, trade because why? Um, it's difficult because it's changing now with this whole situation. A lot of retails close, but also easiest because uh, everyone's a consumer, right? And um, and as a consumer, um, I'm I'm not a good consumer. Um, my wife knows because uh, I I can go back to the same store and check out the same thing three, four, five times and not purchase it. But you know, and and it'll be like tons of consideration, right? Our price. Do I really need this? Um, yeah. Do I want to get it now? Can it wait six months later when the price drops? Or do I wait for a sale? You know, the the same kind of uh uh. uh decision process goes in my head and it's not exactly that you know i i can't afford it or something sometimes it could be you know cheap stuff but i i go through that process and my wife hates me for it especially when we're traveling overseas you know you come across something oh i really like this but do i want to buy it is there space to put in the luggage for it is it a bit frivolous uh, is just a purchase impulse purchase so that's kind of like how i how i work um as as a consumer which yeah, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I don't think I'm a good consumer. Or I could be a tough one. But however, if I do make a decision and want something, you know, I'll just go and get it and, you know, not even think, blink twice about it. And sometimes when I, I buy this kind of stuff, it's usually more costly than the things that I think three or four times over. So, so that's me. That's me as a consumer. That's awesome. Let me say hi to all the audience out here. Brooke, you know, she follows us every week. So thank you. Um, Jacqueline Young is actually online as well. Um, Joseph Irving um, and Stacy Cunningham. Um, thanks for all of you hopping on. And it looks like there's more people hopping on. Um, so that's awesome. So um, what, about, what about you, Timothy? What about you as a consumer? So 
I'll, I'll say along Jeremy's lines, if I want something, I'm going to buy it, right? It's just a matter of how and where. Um, but I will say if you need to sell me something, I'm a very difficult sell. Um, having been in sales, I do have a keen eye for sales. And if you're going to try to sell me something I don't need, you're going to turn me off like that really fast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me personally, if you need to sell me something, you you have to have your facts. <clears throat> and if, you know, if I want to buy something, you don't need to sell me. I'm already bought in. I'm, I'm going to get it. And that's it. Um, and the only thing you could do is screw it up at that point. But that's how <laughs> I am as a consumer. Awesome. Let's hear a female's perspective to balance it out. Uh, what about my wife here? Jennifer. <clears throat> she does all the buying at my house. Easy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I pretty much don't need to answer this because Kevin just stole my line. Mm. But um, yeah, but since he called me out, I'll go ahead and tell you um, I'm definitely an easy sell. Um, you could you could probably cheat me if you're really good at sales. Um, I. I mean, I think I think for everyone, ultimately, a man or a woman or, you know, no matter what, I think that you have to really want something for someone to convince you to buy it with your money. Um, but some people want a lot of things. Um, some people can't control that want. So it's really just it's really just about what do you want, you know, and. Um, somebody supplying that need. But for me, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I get excited about things easily. And, um, and Kevin's the one that says yes or no. <laughs> CFO. Yeah, yeah. Chief financial officer. What about you, Aldrich? I'm just um, kind of surprised that you didn't mention the, you know, like what happened exactly one week ago when that young chap tried to sell himself to you and you didn't really get it, Jennifer? <laughs> would, you like to, would you like to just share that, you know, um, seller-consumer experience briefly? You know, I mean, I mean, just, just, just to, to broaden the context that uh, sales isn't always uh, about the stage where the transaction is materialized, right? There's, there's the closing... Yes. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, what goes in between. And I think that is a brilliant story. Why don't you just give us a little... Sure. You know, talk about it the way that you're comfortable. Because yeah. You're all, you're that was a great story. Picture, right? So, mm -hmm. let's, let's so I'm, I'm not really one to, like, um, throw people under the bus. Um, even if they've done something wrong, if they did it privately, I normally deal with it privately. Um, however, it was pretty funny. Um, so I do, I kind of have started the hashtag keep LinkedIn safe, um, which could apply, uh, apply to many different things. But for a female, um, it's definitely having men reach out to you privately and tell you how beautiful your eyes are or, you know, um, uh, mm -hmm. You know that they. You know, I've just I've had all types of of, of conversations like that um, that didn't last more than five seconds. I will tell you that. Um, but it was kind of just like unwanted things being pushed my way on a business platform, and um, so so the story happened that Aldrich's talking about was when um, this gentleman 
um, who was a student contacted me and said, you know, um, I just, you know, you're, you're so, you're so gorgeous, such a classic beauty, whatever. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. And, 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 and I think I, I'm so tired of, of, of having to deal with it, um, of, of having to think about even how to deal with that because that's it, not what I'm looking for. Uh, I mean, it's nice to have people say that you're attractive, but that's not what I'm looking for on this platform. And of course, my husband is um, I'm married. You know, he's right. He's right there. So um, so I'm not like on a dating venture at this point in my life at all. Um, and so I and, and I didn't know what to do. And so all of a sudden the thought hit me. I have these awesome connect people that I've been connecting with online a few minutes previous and so I added every single one of these guys from bottoms up perspective um, to that chat. And I said, guys, read what he said. And what do you think of this? Let him know what you think. And so I added Timothy uh, De Jesus, um, Aldrich, Jeremy C., Jacqueline Young, Kevin Kwok. I added all of them in to see it. Uh, and they basically, um, you know, uh, told him that they could help him get a better sales pitch to be able to. <laughs> um, and um, of course we um, put Timothy, you know, we tried to hook him up with Timothy to get some help with his sales pitch. And we basically did reverse psychology where he was trying to sell me on. I think you're beautiful. And we told, we, we, you know, we definitely set him straight on, you know, professionally on, Hey, this is, you know, she's married. She's, she's a lot older than you. She's not, you know, we're not in, she's not interested in that, in that comment. And as soon as I verified everything that you guys said that I was in agreement with that, then he blocked us all. And I have, I have to say though, now I really appreciated the tact you took with that because even though you got us involved, it wasn't, you didn't put it up for the world to see. You got us involved. They got handled. And I think you handled it beautifully. I have to tell you, I think it was really tastefully done. And I, and I saw the conversation. It happened. I remember waking up to 50 messages. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what just happened? And, uh, and I, I saw it and I read, I actually went back and read everything, but you guys really actually handled it beautifully. Like, you know, Thank it you. was like polite trolling, but it polite was, like, it trolling. was it was, but it was tastefully done and it got its message across. So I have to say, like, I really appreciated the way you handled that, Jennifer. I really did. Thank you, Timothy. I knew you guys are professional and that you would know you would know how to handle him. And um, I was actually I laughed my head off adding you guys in there. And then I was like, what did I just do? Like, I know this is going to be embarrassing for him, but I'm I'm just so tired of dealing with it. You know, it's. It's just so unnecessary. And and then like um, Aldrich and Jeremy and Jacqueline, they're all awake during the night. So Timothy, while we're sleeping, they were having a blast. Um, and so, you know, I, I he definitely got the point because he, you know, he tried to be our friend to justify himself. And then he just he was done with it. So, yeah. And like I said, I mean, you got a you got a group of people that you care about involved. And it got handled and it wasn't it wasn't done in a, you know, distasteful or disrespectful manner. And, you know, I just I really appreciate the way you handled that. Thanks, Timothy. 
I'm sure he's embarrassed. <laughs> Did we lose Jeremy? Somewhere. <laughs> I, I think he, he, his phone. He might be listen. trying to get back. Yeah, okay. he's trying to get his phone right. situated. So sorry, I guess when it comes to um, yeah. me being a consumer, uh, I'll go. I think. I think. Uh, you are the, purpose, the purpose of getting you to share the story because intrinsically that story is yours. We are just actors in that story. Um, and ever since you added us into that conversation, that, that, that tone of the conversation started to change, isn't it? Like we went and reverse, uh, reverse scammed him in a way. <laughs> we tried to reverse sell him some of the things and uh, get him converted in some um, I guess. The, the point is this, that um, when, when we talk about sales here and there, it's a uh, transaction itself that's a buy-sell. Uh, but if we talk about the actors and the people, there are the people who are selling and the people that are buying. Um, I think in Asia, probably the situation is a little better in the US. Uh, in Asia, um, we grew up in an environment where, um, you know, like, there's never uh, a parent encourage us to say when you grow up, uh, be a salesperson because you can make truckload of money. I don't think that's that's the case in Asia. It's still the usual suspects, the, the doctors, the lawyers, and blah blah blah. So growing up, there wasn't a lot of appreciation for this uh, profession. That's one. Um, so that's the sales, that's the consumer part, right? Now online, it's the same. There are the people who want to connect and people who are receiving the connection request, isn't it? It's the same. So the way we present ourselves when we are initiating a connection request um, usually makes or break the transaction. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm talking about LinkedIn, right? Um, by and large, for myself, I do uh, accept uh, invitations because these days I... I am in the mode that when people initiate in invitation to me is uh, because of uh, my contents and things like that. So I, I don't think too much anymore. Um, but then there will always be, there will always be very interesting people. The very first DM, the very first DM from the fresh invites are always very interesting. Uh, either they'll ask, where am I from? which is obviously in my profile already, okay? So if you're talking about this as a sales pitch, it's like, uh, you know, attacking the client when you should have done your background check. That's mm -hmm. what right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. basic. Amen. And, and then the next thing is, um, there's no high, uh, no basic introduction, and then it was the sales pitch. Now, um, I don't want to single out any particular one, but I'll just talk about John Ray's. Uh, I think um, Forex Traders Online, Cryptocurrencies Online. Guys, if you're listening, you know, have a little, have a little empathy for people who might be seasoned investors, but not really interested in things like that. Like, just tell me if you are pitching an investment, what is the return of my investment? If you can beat mine, I will consider. If you don't, please stop it there. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Find someone. I, I think I think that is the way um, I think about sale, which is really a, a two-party kind of a communication, a transaction. 
so there's sellers, there's consumers, and then online there are people who send the invitation and there are people who accept the invitation. So the way we carry ourselves is important as well. Ultimately, mm -hmm. it's about people, right? So uh, the reason I got Jennifer to talk about her story is because um, sometimes I think the people, they have uh, kind the, the intent is not a malicious one. It's just that because of the way they carry themselves, you put people off. It's like, hey, why, why, why are you doing that, right? So instead of losing uh, one Jennifer, he probably lost all of us mm -hmm. because of what happened in that in that conversion pipeline, right? right. So is that really worthy of uh, of that endeavor? Mm -hmm. uh, personally speaking, I think in times today uh, where connections can be everything, it's not a worthy endeavor. Therefore, it's always about the, how you make people feel, right? So that's, that's, that's the way I think about sales. And uh, that's how I'm going to uh, close my introduction on that. Anyway, brilliant story, Jennifer. Just just to touch on what, what you said. Great right, team. Just, just to touch on what you said real fast, Aldrich. I mean, most yeah. of the time, whether it's, you know, unfortunately the situation that happened with Jennifer or a Forex trader, it really boils down to a lack of opportunities. So because they don't have anybody that's coming to them to buy, what they do is they try to sell everybody at one shot and it's never going to work. It can't work because I'm not interested. If I was interested and I knew who you were, I would have talked to you about it. I would have said, oh, I know you're a Forex trader. I think you do a great job. What can you do for me? But mm -hmm. instead, you're coming to me. I have zero interest, and you're not even asking me what my interest level is. You're basically saying, this is what I do, and you should buy it. Well, there's a very big gap in between those two things. That If you don't bridge that gap, I'm nowhere close to buying your product. So, well, you know, well, I, I think that's where a lot of people, when we talk about sales, you know, mm -hmm. they think every person they talk to is a sales opportunity. They're not. They're not. You mm -hmm. do have to do a needs analysis. You have to understand, am I, am I, first of all, in the market for something? And second of all, what is my buying motivation? And if I don't have a buying motivation, what are we talking about? Like you said, you're just burning an opportunity because now mm -hmm. you, you have no credibility whatsoever. So mm -hmm. I agree yeah. with you a million percent. I didn't mean to cut I, in. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. I just, I did. No, that's the problem. I'm just listening. This is great. I'm just going to. I'm just going to do a spin on what you just said, uh, um, oh, Tim. Jeremy, I think you lost audio. Oh. I can, I can hear you. Hear I can hear you. Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Uh, it'll probably okay. come back. Yeah. So I, I just want to put a, a a spin on that from the seller's perspective on what um, Gabe, uh, uh, Timothy and Aldrin said, right? So if you see it's from the seller's perspective, be it online, LinkedIn or whatever, you know, it, it goes back to in the days of, you know, what we call door knocking. So for the salesperson, it's really, uh, it's really a statistics thing, right? The more, the, the more people you approach, and if you know that there's like 1% of people who will be interested or will be willing to buy, that means they're going to try everyone to reach that 1%. Mm -hmm. of the thousand that they're gonna that they're gonna reach right that, that's gonna sell to or would buy from them so from that for them it's really a statistics number the more people i approach the higher my chance because i know historically it's going to be like one percent or 0.5 percent is going to buy from me so to them it's really as many people as i approach as fast as i can i'm going to find that one or two 
who are interested. So, so that's the perspective from the seller, if I may add. I think uh, now we can go back to Kevin um, for his uh, consumer uh, buying. <laughs> You're not going to avoid that. <laughs> so, so with me, I am definitely a very hard sell. Uh, one, um, I came from a sales background. I led sales teams. And then now I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I, I have a lot of people pitch me. Um, I'm around it. I train salespeople. So um, I am one of those guys. I'll lead you on just for the fun of it. So because I like to see how people sell and I like to hear how they do it. So and my wife can attest to it. I will take you all the way to like I'm interested and then I can walk away, you know, cool. because I want to hear like and then I'll give people like, hey, here's a pointer. Hey, here's how you can do better. Maybe next time. But for me, it's kind of fun, right? But I know what I want. So I'm a lot like Timothy. If I'm going to go buy something, I, I show up and I go, hey, this is what I want. You don't have to sell to me, but this is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And the people that listen, I'm going to buy from them. It's mm -hmm. the guys that don't even hear it. I tell told them exactly what I want, but they still do their little sales pitch. And I'm like, okay, now you're annoying. You know, yeah. so I already told you what I wanted, you know, so I think a big part of sales and it goes back to even the LinkedIn message, right? Because um, I do a lot of um, marketing, right? With um, social media and um, teaching people, coaching them on how to prospect on LinkedIn and different things like that. I think one of the key things that a lot of people miss is um, listening. Because we're so, salespeople are so used to the old ways of saying, selling, just like Jeremy said, is a numbers game, right? If I make 40 cold calls, you know, then out that 40, I'm going to make two, right? But nowadays, people are smarter. We're smarter consumers. Um, people are looking for authenticity. Um, uh, as consumers, we have these things. Um, everyone researches before they buy. Mm -hmm. And um, and we're sold to every single day, right? So I think one of the biggest thing is learning how to listen. Mm -hmm. And I feel a lot of people don't listen. You know, mm -hmm. even even when you're on LinkedIn, right? Since we were talking about LinkedIn prospecting, how do you listen on LinkedIn? You start reading the person's posts. Yeah. Before you even DM them, before yeah. you even connect, what I do is I go on their feed. And I start being a stalker. I start reading their content and go, okay, I know how this guy is. Okay, this is what he's thinking. Huh. Oh, he has a need. And I have a solution. And now I can DM him. Solve the problem. But then I plan with a strategy in place. But then I'm still friendly. I'm still trying to get to know you. But I already know because you posted somewhere that here's your struggle to other people. And guess what? At J29, we have the answer. Mm -hmm. Then I start, it's like fishing, right? You start building relationship and then you lure them in. And then here's the solution, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of people don't take that step. And I think in sales, you have three types, right? You have what I call a hunter, someone that goes and hunts, right? And then you have someone that's a relationship builder, the talker, and you nurture people. And, and then you have to have the closer. And some people are good at closing the deal. Um, and then every once in a while, you have someone that's all three of them. 
us, right? And um, and I think, you know, there's not much hunters out there. A lot of the people don't have that hunter mentality. They're just out there. Let's, let's just close these things, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's my thing. So. <laughs> and I yeah. think um, when Timothy was talking about the gap um, in between, you know, just the the gap in between when people are just reaching out to you and just selling directly they they, haven't, they don't know anything about you they don't seem to care anything about you they haven't like kevin said tried to even find what do you need you know what is your needs is there anything that i can you know help with um, and i think that lack of care toward people it has to do with relationship so you know there's different levels of relationship it's not like i want to be your best friend and let's go hang out you know it's not like that it's i'm coming in and i care about you as a person and i don't want to give you sell you or bother you with anything that's not something that you wanted mm -hmm. that's not something that you needed uh, and i think it's just basically a level of human respect you know i'm not why don't you know for me i guess a good example why don't you see if i'm married why don't you see if i'm looking i mean i i'd rather it not be on linkedin because we all know that's a professional platform it's not a dating site mm -hmm. but if you're really interested why don't you fish instead of just diving in and assuming that i appreciate you that i don't know and you know and want something that i never asked for mm -hmm. um and um yeah absolutely i think i think you guys hit it all like across the board so yeah i mean uh, to to basically like piggyback off that so you know when somebody is dming right i like to look at it as there's three different ways you can find people right there's direct marketing there's indirect marketing and then there's a following, right? So direct marketing is a DM, right? Is somebody, I go to you, I'm trying to sell you something. That's the hunter as you referred to, Kevin. But yep. the problem with the hunter is if you don't do your homework and you don't know the background of the person, you have no idea even how to sell them to exactly what you said. So you're, what are you hunting? I mean, you're pretty much, you're, you're out there with like a fork. <laughs> Instead of a, instead of something that you can actually kill with. So, you know, but that's direct marketing, which is very tough. Direct marketing is very tough if you don't know what you're doing. And that's 90% of people who are doing this. If you don't know what you're doing, you're really swimming upstream on that one, right? Now, there's indirect marketing, which is like a website or something. And indirect marketing is beautiful because at that point, if you've seen me around, and you like my product, you can buy it. You don't need to talk to me. You just buy it, right? That's what all websites are, indirect marketing. So if you want a product, you go to target.com. You don't need to speak to anybody. You just buy the product, right? Same thing. And then the third thing is having a following. And that's what I talked about in the beginning. If you have a following, people come to you. You don't need to be a hunter. You can still hunt and be effective, but people come to you. Hey, I know you're Tim and I know you're a sales trainer. So can you train me on sales? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, that's it. That's really not that complicated because now they know who I am. They know what I do and they're, they want to come to me for the service. It's like Kevin and I talked about, right? If I want something, I'm just going to go buy it. You don't, I don't need, nobody needs to sell me. I'm just going to go get it. That's what it is. Just don't screw it up. So, you know, those are the three types of things. That, and I think people just, 
you know, don't recognize, like, there's more than one way to sell. And I think you'll appreciate this, Tim, because um, you and I both done our share of selling cars, right? Mm -hmm. So nowadays, when your car sells men, right, technically, you're not selling the car. No. You know, I hate when I talk to car salesmen that are younger and when I'm buying a car and they think they're actually going to sell me a car. I go, dude, when I came in here, I already need a car. I know exactly what I'm buying. So right. you just need to take my order and listen, you yeah. know, half the time you aren't selling a car. Everyone knows what Honda has, what Mercedes has, what BMW, Toyota has, exactly. right? Exactly. You know, so it's really listening and mirroring your audience and how well you can take care of my needs, right? right. Can you get me the right interest rate? Can you, do I like you? You know, right. uh, it's not it. really, do I like you don't have to convince me. If I came in for a car that's going to save me gas, um, I want something that's a hybrid. You know, there's only so many options on the market, right? Especially at a dealership, right? If it's a Honda dealership, it's just the Honda uh, you know, <laughs> hybrids, you know, it's not like there's a ton of them. So I'm like, nowadays, that is the industry. Right. 80, 90% of the things out there that we're looking for, you don't have to convince me. Right. You know, if I like coffee and I, I, I decide to go buy Starbucks, it's not like the Starbucks person had to run from the store to me and go, hey, here's Starbucks. You want Starbucks? Right. No. When I left the house and I see that sign, I already decided I'm going to go to Starbucks. Yeah. And people don't understand. That's where the importance of building your brand. Mm -hmm. And so now let's take it to the micro level. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, now we're talking LinkedIn, right? You don't have to be a big brand anymore. Back right. in the days, you know, you have to be a Nike, you have to be a Starbucks, you have to be, you know, a big brand to care about brand. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, Jeremy has his own brand. Eldrick has a brand, Jennifer, Timothy, we are ourselves. Mm -hmm. And how you present yourself on these social media platforms, you have to think uh, like a marketing organization. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your brand? What, what do you provide? What kind of value are there? And, and people will choose to buy from you if they like what you're about, um, if they know what you're selling. Sometimes some of these folks on LinkedIn, they don't have a clear, um, you know, statement of what they do or, you know. Oh, my gosh. And, it's so true. And they just post random stuff and I have no idea what you do. And so how do you expect me to go, huh, I need a website. So you're going to go build websites because you posted 600 things. That's nothing to do with websites, you know. Right. And all of a sudden you DM me. Hey Kevin, do you, I I can build your website? And I was like, who, who, why? I never heard you talk about that. You know? Right. Yeah. So. No, and and but the, you know and and to touch on that, right? And I, this is something that I don't want to say it's a pet peeve, but to me, you know, it's just an observation. Let's say, right? But if you're somebody who does everything you know, it, it's the good old, you know, if you're good at everything, you're good at nothing type deal. And I know there's a better way to say that. But, you know, if you're a, a coach, a sales trainer, uh, a website provider, uh, you know, a shoe salesman, and everything else, like, which one are you? And how can I trust that any of the things you do are good? Like, pick something and be that that's who you are, right? Because, you know, everybody's not good at everything. I, I'm just... 
I'm not good at certain things. Like I'm, I'm not good at, you know, like I'm not good at, you know, being, uh, making videos, let's say, right. I'm never going to sell people on, Hey, let me make you videos. Ah, my videos <laughs> suck in, in my eyes. <laughs> so you know, no, like, not you're not going to see me like, Hey, Tim is the video guy. Nah, I just, I know who I am and that's not me. And that's cool. I don't need to be a video guy and an audio guy and this guy. No, I'm a sales guy. That's it. And that's, that, that's okay. But if you hone on, hone in on one thing, then that's your brand and people can, you know, identify with that. So you're spot on Kevin. Yep. I think um, I'm going to build on this topic, which you have already expanded Timothy. Um, just, just the way, the way, the way in which we think about things, and the way we do things, uh, it, it can be separate in a way that gives value to all of us individually uh, as an actor in the broader economy. Um, I, when, when, when we are executing, for instance, if we are out there in the hunt for a sale and whatsoever, yes, the proposition, the offer, uh, and it's all for the consumer, that needs to be very clear. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's there's no there's no doubt about that because if your offer is confusing or irrelevant, you know mm-hmm. that you're not gonna get it. That's that's the, the closing, right? The closing we, we have to be very clear. But when we talk about that stage, that stage before um even a uh let's say sales opening or let's say just getting ourselves out there, which is what marketing is about. Getting ourselves out there, we don't have to be too we don't have to be too specific about it because you want people to know you, right? So what's really important in my perspective is that get yourself out there, get people to understand what you stand for, what you believe in, right? And then you can write any form of content in any style of copywriting you want so that people know you. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think... I think uh, to my coaches, I say the same thing um, because it's, it's very important these days that um, we all need to come to an understanding that people might not always be interested in what we do. People are interested in us, meaning to say, before I even know that Timothy, you are a sales trainer, mm-hmm. I need to be interested in you before I go find out what you do. Yes. So that's, that's, that's um, yeah. So, so uh, the attention marketing and the digital copywriting part, I think that's where we can go for the length of the exposure, where we can really, really talk about many, many things because all these things that come out from our mind, which goes into the content post, they are us. It's us. It's our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if we have a following and if they look at uh, the way we market our copies every day, you know that um, no matter how random, they are coherent because they know that us, ah, you know, it's Aldrich, you know, like um, he posted about a, a hundred year old tree that day, but actually the message really is, you know, we have all gone through whatever that we are going through today and uh, trees have seen it. We don't live long enough to know it. So, so no worries. Uh, I think that is, uh, if we break down, if we break down down this um, value proposition process into the standard organization, 
where there's the, the marketing piece and the sales piece. Uh, I think in the marketing piece, we can have a lot of creativity to put ourselves out there to get resonance. Mm -hmm. uh, as we narrow down the funnel into meeting people, even like now, if it's like a, a one to five closing or a one to one closing, then I think it's very important to say like, uh, we, I am here for all of you. It's not about me, it's about you. Mm -hmm. And if there is a need and I can help you with that, that's good. Like um, Kevin, I think you mentioned you walk into the store and you just told them like, hey, you know, I'm here to buy. I'm here to buy. If it's me, uh, I won't really, really rush to get the order sheet for you. I'll get the product <laughs> for you to try. For instance, if it's, if it's clothes or whatsoever. And I'll be thinking how to sell you the compliments of the product. Okay, you got this shirt is lovely, you know, but it goes really well with the pants. So you want to give it a try? Just, just give it a try. If it looks good on you and whatsoever, I think, I think that would be good. You don't want to miss this opportunity because if you buy a set, you can get a 10% discount overall. What do you think? So it's, it's all about servicing uh, the consumer and putting the consumer first, right? So tactics are tactics, but um, at the end of the day, it's the person in front of you that matters. And of course, before that stage is, how do I get myself out there, right? So are there anyone else out there that shares that much content and information such that people know you and want to follow you? Now, that's a very different thing. It's a very, very different skill set, right? Because these days when everyone is online, it doesn't mean that, you know, you've been there for five years means people will follow you. No, it's right. never the case. It's never the case. It's always about resonance. That's, that's, that's my, consistency. Uh, consistency. Yeah, my elaboration to the point that Kevin and Timothy just mentioned. There's, there's always room for creativity and there's always room for whatever that we need to do. But we, we need to understand what is the battleground. So um, if we are hunting, let's be more direct. If we are closing, let's focus on the customer in front. And uh, that's how I think about it. I think, I think that's very important. Right. And uh, if you are hunting, you wouldn't want to waste your arrows, right? There's only so mm -hmm. many arrows you have in a day. And uh, even if you're shooting in the blind, um, not getting any target, you are still tired. So don't do that. Don't hit the 1% cold call and whatsoever. Um, I guess when you're starting out, we all need that experience. We all start out doing that kind of thing. That's why we're actually even talking about it. But um, I think these days we need to be a little bit more effective in a way. Uh, time and energy is finite, at least to me. That's the case. Absolutely. I mean, well, I, 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 yeah. I'll, Mr. I'll Jeremy. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to spin it fully around. So you go ahead first. And then after him, I'm going to spin it even more, like completely around. <laughs> so, Timothy, you go first. Yeah, Tim, go ahead first. All yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So, real fast, what I'm going to say. Okay. Even if you, you're a master at marketing, to, on Aldrich's point. If you're a master at marketing and you're really good at that and you're getting people in front of you, you need to have a sales process. Sales process. It's so freaking important. Sales process. Because what happens is if you don't know how to get from A to B to C, you are lost. And you don't have a clue of how to get to the point in between here and here, the middle ground is sales process. So if you can master this, then you're always going to get to the end game. But 
if you can get people to you and you can't get them in this middle section where you find out what their buying motivations are and if they're even a, a, the right buyer for you, then you're never going to get to the end. That's it. So you need a sales process. If you do not have a sales process, I can help with that, but you, you need a sales process, period. Yes, if you need that. one, check in with Timothy. Yes. <laughs> okay, now my turn. So shall we hear so, from the spinners? Yeah, so my <laughs> turn. Because, oh, this guy. because I, I'm, in, I'm in like B2B marketing, right? And uh, I want to touch a, a bit, I'm trying to link that a bit to what uh, Audrey has mentioned, right? A few points. So uh, what do you stand for? I think that's important, uh, regardless if you're an individual or a huge organization, because come on, you know, organizations spend like, I don't know, even millions of dollars to come up with like their vision, their mission statement. Okay, they are very different things, but you get what I'm, you get what I'm trying to say. They, they want you to know what the organization stands for. And it doesn't say, I'm going to sell you cars. It never says that. I'm going to sell you coffee. It never says that. It is always something very noble and high up. Uh, high up the hierarchy of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So, so it's so very quickly. Just depending on whether you are B two B seller or your individual selling or marketing yourself online on LinkedIn, uh, always be very sure of who you are because you can't be everything, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and that that ties back to your branding. And and the other point really is, regardless if you are a organization or if you are somebody. Um, people buy from people they like. People buy from people they trust. So how are you going to build that trust or likability factor if you are, you're not going to put yourself out there or you have not made yourself likable even to a stranger? And mm -hmm. these are very basic things. Like, like say when Kevin mentioned he goes to a car dealership place and he already knows what car to buy. So the very basic, decent, courtesy thing for the salesperson to do would be, Hi, Mr. Kuok. Nice to meet you. Come have a seat. Have a coffee. It's cold out there. Things like that make you likable, even though you are you are strangers to this person. Mm -hmm. So are those things even done? It's the same. It's the same thing like Aldrich mentioned. If I DM you the first time, and I go, Hey, do you want to buy Bitcoin? Hey, do you want to buy this stock? This chair? Who are you? I don't even. You didn't even say hi to me. You didn't even regard me as a person. You probably even spelled my name wrongly, or you didn't even address me my name. So mm -hmm. how am I ever going to buy from you? So, so that's second point. And then the third point really is in, in, in B2B selling, and I believe also in B2C selling, um, the, the important thing is always a tussle between price versus value. Okay, price versus value. A lot of salespeople know how to sell, or rather, if they handle an objection, though, this is a part of sales process, right? Very important part of sales process that Timothy mentioned. When you meet an objection from the buyer, if they say, hey, you're too expensive, you know, you're too expensive. And then becomes a, a, oh, let me drop the price by 10, 20%. Will you still buy it? You know, it always comes down to a pricing negotiation, but that is completely wrong because, you know, the cliche saying is that if you have sold the value, you will not be talking about price, right? Yeah. So, so, like, let's go back to the car. Uh, a story again, right? So if Kevin goes in, he wants to buy a car, he already knows what's the value that he's looking for for a BMW or a Toyota or a Honda versus a, a Maserati, for example, right? So so the value is there. So it's not no longer about the price. So so I think sellers need to know um, what is the value they are selling. And it's always never about the price because 
another cliche saying is right if it's about the price then uh what do you have on you that is the cheapest you know if it's always about the price then the person who's buying should have the cheapest of everything that he's using right are you wearing the cheapest shirt are you using the cheapest pen are you driving the cheapest car because if it's about price you will go for the cheapest thing but that's never the case so mm -hmm. so the establishment of the value has to be there to, for a successful sale and of course that links with the sale process and all that but but from the front end you have to establish that credibility and likability and then you need to establish a value before you can sell such that you can avoid avoid the uh the 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 the, the price negotiation and of course yeah. one of all of that you need to be clear why what you're selling why you are here why or what your organization represents what you represent before people can find you so in a nutshell yeah, that's how i wanted to spin it so up to you guys to discuss and i think it's so important too um i think 90 percent of the time when someone comes in and said that um they care about price if you take the time and start talking to them have a conversation and start discovery, you're gonna find out they really don't care about price. And the biggest mistake young salespeople do, or someone that's new to sales, is they go jump straight to discounting, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so like even in my organization, what we do, but I train guys too, we can take away, right? But I would never discount, right? I would rather go. Okay, hey, you can't afford. Is that echo? Uh, uh, is that echoing? So, anyway, that good. I would, yeah. So I would go. Hey, if you can't afford, you know, leather seats and stereo, instead of me giving you a discount, what I'll do is I can take those things away. You know, and I think that's something we need to all practice because that doesn't devalue yourself. When you take things away, then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, 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 I do want that, right? So for me is, yeah, I can lower the price, but I lower the price by taking things away well, versus discounting, right? And, yeah. and on that point too, I mean, it asking an open or a closed-ended question, I should say, is a really easy way to figure out somebody's buying motivations, right? So on your point specifically, this was my favorite question at the dealership, right? What's most important to you? Getting a car to fit your budget or getting the features you want? And people will tell you, well, I, my budget, it needs to be in my budget. I want these features, but ultimately I need to be able to afford it. Okay, so there has to be some middle ground, right? You either want the luxury, which is 500 a month, or your budget is 300 a month, is there flexibility there? Yeah, maybe, okay, because I really want what I want. Okay, well, you answered your own question. I didn't need to sell you anything. You answered your own question. So if you ask the right questions, you get the right answers. If you don't ask the question and you just assume, it's like you said, people go to discounting or you know, doing things to take away from their own personal value. When you discount, you've just removed any value that you've built. Because you're like, okay, well, it, this really isn't worth it. I'll just give it to you for this. Yep. Where was the value in that? And you're devaluing yourself. You know? Right. Yep. So. I'll, I'll add a point to that. Um, I think I think at, at the tail end of whatever sales process that uh, people have, um, you can pretty, pretty sure ascertain 
that your the party that's in front of you, they do have a buying need. They do. Otherwise, you, you won't you won't get to that stage. Uh, but what's really important is that uh, I I believe in this. Don't fall into the price trap. Do not engage in that topic at all, because it's normal as 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 buyers as buyers, we want to get the maximum value for the least amount that we are willing to pay. That's human nature, right? Mm-hmm. But as a seller, when you hear this topic about price, and you start engaging in it, is 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 a losing is a losing proposition, because most of the time, if you are desperate for the customer and for the sale, you're going to drop the price. You're going to drop the price. You're going to give more freebies or you're going to give more discounts. In any case, in any case, you might close the sale, but you're going to lose a chunk of your commission. So so in in a very selfish mode, I, I I don't think that's really the optimal way to move ahead as a seller or even as a professional closer. It, there, there are many ways to do that, right? If, if you're, you're trying to sell something that is $200 and people are saying that, oh, this is too expensive. Mm-hmm. We, we need uh, the top process ahead of time. Is it because mm-hmm. that thing does not have the value of $200 mm-hmm. to the customer? Mm-hmm. So why don't you try to up the offer to say, okay, so this is not worth $200 of yours. Let's put it aside. I take this. This is $400. It has this, 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 is this on top of the $200. This is, this, is, this, is this. Way more, it meets your requirements and more because I understand your lifestyle. I understand based on the conversations that you had. I understand based on the objections that you have given me that these are the things that you are also looking for. So this thing meets everything and more is $400. What do you think? So there's there's always ways to go around the pricing. Okay, so so there's pricing and there's objections. Objections are fantastic because it's customers telling you straight off the mouth that yep. uh, I don't like this, but I am looking for that. I don't like this. I'm looking for that. So it's everything that's there. We, we have to em- embrace the uncomfortable. When people are telling you, hey, you know, stick to my hand, I don't like this. Oh, so you can always do a friendly role play like, uh, oh, okay, you don't really like this. Um, okay, so let's say now uh, we get off the sales conversation. What exactly do you not like about this? And uh, what exactly are you really looking for? Let's let's have a nice conversation. And in the meanwhile, the weather is cold out there. Let me go get you a cup of warm coffee. You know, it's, it's about people. Mm-hmm. It's about people and it's about the conversation. And once you can get these things uh, more um, <coughs> into you in an intuitive fashion, I think I think you are more or less you're gonna do pretty well, right? Um, I think a lot of people are focusing too much on the technique. Ah, uh, you know, I have to do this in order to close. And uh, when I present an offer, it's best that I have more than one because uh, or more than one or the optimal is three. Or in my content marketing emailer, I need to have this kind of structure here and there. Doesn't work that way, mate. Because um, anything that is too structural can be copied. Then you're just com- commoditizing yourself because um, people don't have to come to Timothy or Eldrick 
for that service, mm -hmm. for that transaction. They can go to anyone else down the street, right? So that's, that's really not the point. You really want to put the person in front of you first and uh, always prove to them that uh, you, you have the value to, to serve them. I think, I think that's the important thing. So uh, to Jeremy's point on the pricing and value, uh, it's always very important, but don't fall into the trap of negotiating price, especially when it comes to inexperienced people. Uh, yeah. When you panic, when you panic, chances are you're going to drop the price. It's a losing proposition. So I, I think let's not go there. Let's, let's find other ways to skirt around that topic so that both uh, the buyer and the seller can land at a higher optimal point rather than just closing the sale at a lower price and then the customer is going to be very happy to get something that's cheap. But you know that whenever we get something cheap, whenever we get something free, we don't value them. We just put it at home. Why do you want to encourage them to do that? I, I, I don't understand. I don't. Usually when, when I'm in the cheap mode, I go out there, I get free stuff. Oh, looks good when I'm in the street. Looks good. But when I get home, I'm like, ah, oh, storeroom. You know, there's, there's, um, things are always different. I mean, that's my point, uh, addressing to Jeremy's topic. Yeah. So, B2B, this is a, this is a little off. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. This is, a, this is, well, this is a little off the subject, but it, it has to, I'm actually curious to ask you guys because. Um, I've been through a lot of the trainings where they hand you your script or they teach you your script and this is what you're going to say. This is how you're going to represent us. This is how you're going, how we want you to word this, how we want you to sell our product. So I've, I've done that. Um, now I think sales, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, because um, I just, I feel sales um, from my personality, I feel like it depends on personality too and how you come across to people because if I'm allowed to sell my way, the Jennifer way of me just being original, being myself, putting myself out there, personality, um, it's not, I mean, uh, first of all, I personally want to be proud of the product that I'm selling if I'm able to. I mean, a job is a job at, at, at a certain point, but um, but I like to take a job where I have something, a product that I believe in personally. I have confidence in it. I have confidence in the way it's priced. Um, and so, and for me, I, I noticed when I sell stuff, um, it's a, it is, it comes back to, it is about relationship because for me, a no doesn't mean no. You can say no to me, but I know that my product is a good product and that if I sold myself well enough, you're going to come back for this, for this product. You're going to come back to me for this product. So it may be a no right now, but your financial situation could change in 10 days, in three weeks, in one month. And you're going to remember the impression that I made on you and you're going to think about that product that I believe in and you're going to come back to me for that. And so I never, for me, a no is not a no because you never know when that connection is going to turn around and say, you know what? I've tried that product, that product and that product. And I just, I want to try your product. Those did not work. You know, um, people can hear confidence in your voice. And so for me, it's not just a sales tactic. 
Um, even though I know that there's a place for that, I know that there's a place for different types of cells. I personally believe in, um, you know, caring about others and caring about their needs. And when you touch that person, when you touch their heart, they will not forget you and they will not forget what you're selling and they will eventually come back for it or at least be forever changed when they walk away from, you know, meeting with you. And so for me, I guess it more has to do with not just the product, but the whole value of the experience. And the, and like Jeremy or Aldrich said, the way that you make people feel. It's ultimately not about pricing. I mean, yes, there's some people that, that it is about pricing, but somebody when they experience the cheap and they get sick and tired of it, they're going to come back for the more expensive stuff because they're tired of cheap. They're ready for something good. They're ready for something real. Um, and so I don't know, that's just, that's just my personal opinion. But when, when I've, um, had to train a few people, that's, I, you know, I tried to get them to portray that warmth over the phone or to use their own individual personality to put that product out there. Um, and it all starts with that connection. Agreed. So I think I could circle this whole thing back to what you just <laughs> said and with everybody. So I'll tell you guys a little story about me and sales training. And I think this kind of puts all this together, right? So I've trained people at car dealerships in what's called the business development center. What the business development center is, is there's people sitting in a room that do nothing but make phone calls, outbound phone calls, right? They get a script. They all get the same script. Mm -hmm. So yep. the difference is, and what I tell everybody when I train them, I said, the script is the sales process. It gets you from A to B to C to keep you on track. What makes the difference, what makes the call is mm -hmm. the relationship you connect with that person. Because mm -hmm. if you can get through to somebody, especially somebody who is in a bad situation, needs help. If you can say, I hear that you need help and we can help you. I understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. That changes the whole dynamic. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. that everybody else is telling them the same thing. They feel, wow, this person really understands my situation. Mm -hmm. They get it. Like, I'm mm -hmm. in a bad situation. I need help. And they're willing to help me. And they're willing to listen to my story. And that's what makes the difference. The, the script, anybody can have a script. And everybody mm -hmm. can read off a script. And mm -hmm. anybody can do that. But mm -hmm. if you don't connect with the person then it doesn't matter so a sales so a script or a sales process should only be to guide you the rest of it has to come from you the individual and making somebody feel like wow this guy this guy or gal really knows what they're talking about really cares about me because they're listening to kevin's mm -hmm. point right mm -hmm. and they understand what i'm trying to accomplish so i have confidence in this person to lay down whatever money it is and to mm -hmm. Aldrich's point, if they have that confidence, they'll spend more, you know, and this has probably happened to you, Kevin, at a car dealership, right? I can't tell you how many times when I was at a car dealership, somebody would say, you know, I just left the dealership an hour ago and was looking at literally the same exact car. Your price is higher, but you hit, you nailed the sales process. So I'm going to buy here, right? It was a human connection. And I listened and they were like, okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Like, mm -hmm. I was shopping, but I'm going to end my shopping because I just don't want to have a bad experience. I want to be done with this, right? 
So I think to your point, to Aldrich's point, to Kevin's point, to Jeremy's point, you know, if you have a sales process and you listen to people and you execute your process, but you do it in a human way, you're going to make a sale. It's kind of that simple. It's, it can be more complicated, but that's kind of the bottom line of the whole thing. And see, that's why I'm such an easy sell, Timothy, is because I like, like you guys could probably sell me almost anything if I, you know, because I like so many people and I'm very easy to, you know, make connections with people if they're in any way nice. And so then, you know, um, if you portray a confidence about something or you're kind and helpful, you've already sold me. It doesn't matter what the product is unless I just absolutely don't need it. But, you know, I, I like Aldrich. I like his personality, his confidence, Jeremy, Timothy, you know, of course, my husband, because he won me over. But I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, and you should ask Kevin. It's actually funny because when you're talking about selling those cars, Kevin made friends that came into being like almost a part of our family who we would meet monthly and they would only buy from him. Like this little old band, like adopted us almost as his family <laughs> just because, and Kevin wasn't doing anything different with him than anyone else. But he looked at Kevin out, all the, out of all of those guys selling and said, I only want to hear him. I only want him to talk to me. Yeah. You know, I only, um, I will only borrow a car for if he's helping me. And, you know, and then after that, of course, we, you know, had letters going back and forth. We, um, you know, we wrote to him for a long time. He put, he put our phone number on his home health thing without us even knowing it. And they called looking for him. Um, you know, so, and this is, he was just selling him a car. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know, but Kevin treated him right. And he could tell that Kevin was honest. And, um, Aldrich, I was just saying that it's, it's easy for you guys to sell me anything because, you know, once we've made that friendly connection and I'm like, Oh, these are really fun guys, you know, and you could be like, Jennifer, you really need to try this. Uh, this new hair thing. And I'll be like, Oh, mail it to me, Aldrich. I'll buy from you because I trust you, you know? And Kevin's like, uh, give me the credit card right now. Um, so yeah, he's like, give it back. No, but it's, um, you know, it's interesting though, how like the friends that he's made over the years, just selling them stuff. And even like when they go somewhere else, they always come back because they know Kevin will treat them right. They know that he will, um, you know, take care of it right away, no matter how small it is. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's not just about the initial sell. It's also about them coming back again and again because of you. And, and even think, where, you know. I think this leads to another point, right? While we're talking about sales and it's the whole idea of, a good salesperson, you don't, it doesn't finish at the sale, mm -hmm. you know, after you close, you know. So uh, the biggest mistake salespeople make is your referral and your network is what makes you the most ROI, right, on mm -hmm. your investment and your sale, right? Because these people will talk about you, they'll brag about you, they'll connect you with other people. And I see so many salespeople where they just sell you and after they close the deal, take your money, you never hear from them again. 
Mm -hmm. uh, they don't care. But then think about it. You might sell one thing, but if you connect with that person, you build relationship, you're talking about year after year. And that's something, you know, the financial industry uh, really in the U.S. Um, train their people, right? Um, you build these relationships. Same thing with the insurance industry, because then you win them over, but then it's their grandparents, their children, and the whole legacy, right? Mm -hmm. um, year after year, you have this book of business from one person. Mm -hmm. And we can look at LinkedIn like that as well. You know, social media is the same thing. Yes. You connect with, it starts with one connection. And this one connection became Eldrick, Jeremy, Timothy, you know, mm -hmm. and so forth. And all now we know Brooke and, you know, uh, James, you know, and all these people that are watching us live, right? And now these people know who we are. And they're mm -hmm. going to tell other people. And that's how that rippling effect works. And I think it's like we said, it goes beyond sales. And I want to just say, man, sales is hard. It's not easy, especially if you're a commissioned salesperson. So those of you who are on here right now listening to us, we know the grind. And mm -hmm. sales people, I mean, I tell everyone, if you've you know, been in other positions, try selling. You know, there's days you go home and you just want to cry, you know, <laughs> because people are brutal. People are not nice in the business world. OK, but you got to build that, you know, perseverance. You know, you got to build thick skin. And it's I, I tell my wife, Jennifer, I go, that's one thing I want my sons to do is go sell. You know, if it's one thing I go, every kid should go sell. Mm -hmm. Sell something, you know, because I feel you learn a lot and sales is the heartbeat of every business. Without sales, the software engineers don't have projects. Without sales, the CEO, you know, doesn't have his big house and nice cars. Without sales, no one eats. And mm -hmm. that's just the truth, right? And so sales professionals out here, there, you guys are important. And start you know, a lot of times I, I feel like, oh, well, I don't have a college degree. I'm just a sales guy. No, you're the most important piece in your business. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the business. Okay. If you can sell, I don't care if you have a college degree, uh, what certificate you have, your boss is going to keep you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's an asset when you can sell. And, and I think so many people like, you know, they also have to understand, respect yourself as a salesperson. You know, when you're out there and if people are rude to you, it goes the other way, too. You get to choose who you sell to. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you a have customer, enough opportunities. If you have exactly. Enough opportunities. Yep. And the worst mistake you can be is don't let people beat you up. I don't know how many times I actually turn away from someone and go, you know what? I actually don't want to sell this to you. And they come begging. At first, they might not be like, oh, I don't want to pay much. And then I go, no, actually, I don't want to sell to you. And the next thing, they're like, Kevin, how much can I pay you to work with you? No, I don't want I don't want to work with you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, like, two weeks later, I sign one of my biggest contracts, you know, because I refuse to work with them. It's mm -hmm. a, there's a mental effect when you say no to someone. It's just like uh, it goes back to courtship, right? 
if you're that desperate guy that just wants, you know, every girl out there, you know, the girl's not going to be interested in you. But if you're the guy that plays hard to get, guess what? All of a sudden, the girl noticed you. And sales is the exact same thing. And um, so, anyway, I <laughs> just wanted to bring that up. So. I, I, want to, I want to touch a little bit on the relationships piece. So, you know, here's the thing that everybody on LinkedIn needs to understand from a sales perspective, right? Say I'm a sales trainer. Kevin has J29, right? Okay, so two different businesses, right? Does that not mean I can't help Kevin? Because at the end of the day, I don't do what Kevin does. But... Kevin and I can help each other from a relationship perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so what we all should look at anybody who's in sales is you should network. And it's okay to say, I don't do that. It's okay to say, I don't, that's not my game, but I know somebody who does. <laughs> and that person, when it's the same thing, right? Kevin might be like, look, that's not my gig, but that's Tim's gig. So go talk to Tim. He's got you on that. And if this is such a huge networking event that we're all in and you connect with people globally and we can all help each other, like think mm -hmm. about that. And people always want to just do it on their own. But at the end of the day, we all do different stuff in this little group. We all can help each other. So look at everybody, admit like, I'm not good at this. Like I told everybody earlier, I'm not a video guy. I'm never going to be a video guy, right? I don't want to commit my time to doing that. But somebody else is a video guy. So go see the video guy. He'll hook you up. I'm not the video guy. So I'm not going to try to sell you on how I can do video because I can't. I'm going to do a shitty job and you're never going to buy from me again because my video sucked. So, but if I go and I say, look, this person does video and they're great at it. Go see them. Now you say, okay, he hooked me up with that person. So when you are looking for sales training, you know what? Yeah, you put me in the right direction. Maybe you know what the hell you're talking about. So that's just my two cents on relationships. I think, you know, don't try to hold it on your own. There's such a value in building relationships with people on LinkedIn. I definitely have a story. Um, so um, I have two stories. Um, one is when, and it actually backs up what Kevin was saying. So when we, when, when we first met, I was very afraid, you know, to, uh, to get too excited or commit to that. I was, you know, not really sure, you know, and so, I just told him, well, let's, you know, let's just be friends. You know, we had really started liking one another. I go, let's just be friends, you know, and he's trying to close the deal. So he pulls, he pulled, we were driving down the road. He pulls off to the side and he, he basically said, look, we're either going to do this thing or we're not like, I'm not, I don't want to be your friend. So I'm not going to be your friend. So are we going to do this thing? Or are we not? And I tell you what, I stopped and I thought for one second and I went, I can't live with, I can't, I can't see my life without him because I've already tried that before. It didn't work. So I'm in, I am all in and we never look back. Um, so bad, that's, one of, that's one of the Kevin Kwok sell stories. Another one is it's called, I'll title it. Don't be like George. We went down to, this Branson resort. And back when we first got married, we, we didn't have a lot of money. And so in America, we have these, you guys might have them in Singapore too, but basically you can come and listen to a guy speak to you for free and then um, uh, try to sell you, they try to sell you a vacation 
like um, uh, a, a package, you know, that you can go different places all around the U.S. and stay in different places, yep. like a timeshare. So yeah. you so you get a free stay if you go listen to this guy. Well, yeah. where they wanted us to stay is where we, we really didn't have the money, but we really wanted to stay there. So we're like, yeah, we can listen to a guy for a while. So we'll call him George, okay? So quick, uh, uh, really quick story here. We walk in, we go through the whole thing with him. I'm already sold. It's a possibility for me. I love the idea. Of course, everybody does. Do we really have the money? Eh, you know, you have to figure out if you really have the money or not. I was like, I'm sold. I'm in. And I totally thought Kevin was all in. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, he's going along with it. And all of a sudden he goes, okay, we're done. No deal. The guy got so angry. He was so angry at us that he literally picked us up and shoved us out the door and closed it. Oh my gosh. Oh, and it was the like weirdest, it, it was the weirdest feeling to go like someone's laying out the red carpet for you. And then all of a sudden their whole face changes, everything changes, and they are done with you. Done. Angry. Not just done, angry. So don't so don't be like George, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a few of those. He's like, so I think, they you know, and like, I understand. Uh, yeah, I understand his feeling is you wasted my time, but you have to be willing to let people say no. If he had have treated us nicely, maybe when we had the money, we would have gone back to buy a timeshare. Maybe I'm just saying, but he completely closed the door. We, we would never. Why would we go back? Mm -hmm. Never go back. But we did get a nice stay. So that's two. That's two stories of uh, being with Kevin Kwok and his uh, interesting self personality. <laughs> well, and I think sometimes it comes down to also um, as a salesperson having that upfront agreement. You know, and sometimes I sit down with my clients and go, hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, um, I don't want you to waste my time. But at the same time, you probably don't want me to waste your time. And here's what I'm offering. And hey, and this is going to be what you're looking at. And hey, if you aren't going to move forward and, or you don't have the money to afford me, then hey, we can both part ways right now and not waste anyone's time and just be friends, you know, because uh I think that's another sales tactic that we can talk about, you know? Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like you said, there's the power and a takeaway, you know, and, but you also need to know when, when it's just not there. Sometimes it really isn't there. And if it's not yep. there and you want to beat it to death, um, you're really going to spin your wheels for a really long time. And to Jennifer's point, you're just going to lose the person. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's going to be like, all right, you, you couldn't recognize after this hour worth of time that I'm not interested. So now <laughs> why would I ever come back to you to, to talk business? Like you, I, you wasted so much of my time and I told you I wasn't interested within the first five minutes. So if it's not there, it's not there. Walk away and find another sales opportunity. But if you don't have sales opportunities, then yeah, that, that kind of stuff happens, but you just burn more bridges yeah. than you're ever going to have sales opportunities for. Never burn bridges. I've learned that. Never burn bridges. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, to all the great points out there, uh, I'll address, I, I want to talk about each, each of those and then I probably have to get busy. Um, so just before I go, um, I think to, to Jennifer's point of saying no, like if, if you are selling and someone tells you no, um, first thing um, here, just be resilient that and understand that when a prospect tells you no, is not don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. He's saying no to your offer, right? So the thing, the way to think about that is: Do you have any other offers that you can bring to the table for your prospect to evaluate? It's not about you. It's not about you. When you're in that process already, you, you need to focus all, all attention and senses to the customer. Forget about you. Forget about yourself. Just keep thinking. So, okay, if it's a no, is it a no to the price? Then, okay, then don't talk about the price. See how you can up the value proposition. Is it about no to the offer? Okay, great. I have other offers. Would you like to consider? Right? When people say no, it runs through the string of no's. We have to keep asking in a respectful way, of course, based on your, your George's story, Jennifer, in a respectful way, in a way that we uh, want to be grateful to serve our customers, right? We, we, we want to serve that because if we see ourselves as the rising tide and our prospect and customers are the folks, what we are doing is we lift their standard of living and whatever that they are doing today. I think that is the best mentality to so forget about yourself. So that's one on the no um, and on the rejection. Rejections are part and parcel of life. I see I mean, someone like, that real fast. That. Yeah. So is that, just a great sorry? way, just a great way when somebody says no, is just ask an open-ended question. What didn't you like about the offer? A lot yeah. of times you get the right. answer. That's it. Yeah. And it's about offer. Don't take it personally, right? And then uh, when it comes to when it comes to uh, no 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 no, <laughs> and you, you already know you already know that you have um, exhausted all your bullets. It's probably not going to happen today. Don't don't ever ever leave the prospect aside. Like kick them aside and not talk to them and be angry and things like that. Leave. If, if you can't if you can't get into the door try to get them to open the window of opportunity right my point is this um okay so today it's um all, all sales talk aside it's very likely that you and i are not going to do business together which is fairly common uh but can we have an uh, gentleman's agreement that um if ever you need any form of services like that in those that i've offered to you would you kindly put me ahead of your queue? Grab every opportunity to be out there in front. Even if the transaction is not happening today, even if it has to be tomorrow, you want to be in front. You want to be in front, right? Yep. And then if, I mean, I mean, things like that, um, I think prospects and uh, potential customers or even existing customers, they will appreciate because they know that um, we understand that we are not going to hard sell anymore we know it's not going to happen i respect your time fully but i'm only asking for a gentleman's agreement right and when that happens the next uh let's say the next day or the day after 
it becomes very easy to continue the conversation you know like oh um you know yesterday we talked about if, if you need this in the near future or whatsoever um please you know put me ahead of the queue and in order to facilitate your near future decision making i have some information with me let me share it with you it's free it's free please take a look right so put yourself out there don't don't close the door even if the door is closed try to open a window even if it's not today it's tomorrow right mm -hmm. uh that's 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 how i think about it because um chances are our circle no matter how we expand it the same types of people will just keep coming back you will never know what's going on you never know right so so that's how that's how i think about it and um i think a lot of times we just need to keep that window of opportunities open uh, for ourselves and for the people that we want to serve of course technically speaking we can say that it's important to build the sales pipeline i mean yes but uh it's it's about it's about the people uh b2b b2c or individual uh, c2c type of selling relationship still matters relationship still matters and uh, getting ourselves out there so that people know us matters right um i'm always fascinated by how uh, big companies when they do their pre-sales or marketing pitch they think that oh you know uh, uh, we'll just do uh, one post on facebook linkedin twitter uh whatever TikTok or instagram a day thinking 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 that um that's good brand awareness it doesn't cannibalize on the same post on the same day i'm like guys you, you are missing you, you are missing the point when traditional advertising if you put something up a billboard it's not put something up a billboard it's there 24 7. Mm -hmm. people will pass up down the same street in the same crossway junction if they pass that crossway junction multiple times a day that's the exposure that you get per day mm -hmm. social media same thing digital marketing same thing but a different way of engaging you have to keep doing it Mm -hmm. once a week you're not gonna kill it mate <laughs> simply you're not gonna kill it. it if it's once a week and it goes viral it's either political sensational and things like that it's not gonna get you any good attention or good sales prospecting I, I i think that's not the way to do that right so uh small business owners solopreneurs c2c type um people i think we need to get ourselves more comfortable with just presenting ourselves out there mm -hmm. i think the bare minimum is once a day and once you get comfortable more than once a day and more than one platform mm -hmm. that's that has to that has to be the way no one owes us a living no one or, or i'll put it that way um no one needs to urgently market eldriction more than eldriction mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no one like why why would anyone why would anyone market me i, I don't get it like i i don't uh uh they don't owe me a living i don't pay them you know so so things like that it's us I you know really why i market you you know why i market you because i believe in you and i want oh, people to you. buy into and i want people to buy into your brand as much as i want them to buy into my brand because we're friends yeah. so when i tag and, uh, somebody i don't tag people often but when i tag somebody it's because I believe in that person and because yeah. I want them to be seen because 
hey, you're my friend. You deserve to be seen. So, you know, when I tag somebody, it's because, hey, this is this is somebody else you guys need to see. This is not just like, you know, uh, just I'm going to tag random people because I want attention. I don't know. I don't care about the attention. I get plenty of my yeah. own attention. Right. I want you guys. <laughs> I, got, I want you to see my friends who also bring value, because at the end of the day, if my friends do well and they're in my inner circle, then we all do well. Yes. Right, that, that's, that's my good. two cents on that. That's the, that's the rising tide kind mm -hmm. of um, illusion that I made. And um, when when we get when we get more consistent in our effort, I, I don't mean like the content or the sales effort. I mean like when we get more consistent with us putting in the work that's required, uh, you know that people will look forward to um, your, your kind of content. Mm -hmm. um, I, I literally just received a text from LinkedIn to say, hey, you know, You've been talking about trees. When are you going to talk about asparagus? I was like, what the heck is an asparagus? Okay, I'm going to give it a try. I mean, like, um, talking about trees is not about the trees, but the message behind it is uh, positivity. I believe in that. Um, we, we all need to believe that there's a reason we evolved to today. The prosperity that we enjoy today is accumulation of our entire human history, right? That's important, right? The ability to put contents out there to be clear, it's also important. So um, I think I think getting ourselves out there is really, really important. And people who are really, really serious about sales should really start thinking about, okay, uh, in this company, there is a salesperson, Timothy, salesperson, Jennifer, and salesperson, Jeremy, right? And that salesperson, me. Uh, no customer owes me a living. Why would they come to me? That's the most important question. Why mm -hmm. do they need to come to you, right? If they know you, you win the first 50%. You want that. You want that. And I don't mean this first 50% is given to you on a silver platter. Um, I mean, this is not about home education, but you want to earn that advantage as much as you can get out of it based on your effort. Mm -hmm. When you're tired, when, when you had a long day, like I have a long day of Coaching and um, service proposition and calls and things like that. Um, when you're tired, do you still do a last post before you sleep at 1 a.m.? It's a commitment to yourself, not mm -hmm. to others, yourself, right? So if you can get into that, I think by and large, things will start rolling into your favor. That's my point. Uh, for oh. salespeople, uh, emotions-wise, don't read too much into that, I think, uh, from, the, from the start uh rejections are great embrace them when people say no respectfully embrace them as well don't take it too personally it's fine even if you're not going to close it today it's fine mm -hmm. get try to get ahead of the queue tomorrow do everything that's within your favor in your control do it not in your control forget it because if you're just going to spend time bitching about it that you didn't close the sale one hour ago and you spend one hour in the pantry bitching about it, you wasted one hour of the time in the pantry bitching about it. Mm -hmm. Here, end of story. And that one hour could have been some other prospect. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think we could say, uh, Timothy and Kevin, that we have definitely been sold on um, Singapore and um, through Aldrich and Jeremy and meeting them in person and eating a big bowl of noodles. So I say after all of this stay at home stuff is over, when it's all done, 
we all fly over to Singapore and eat a big bowl of noodles with all, uh, all, the, him all the way It's going to be more than just a bowl of noodles. Good. Yep, all in. Good. Get ready because we, we need out of here. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm ready to travel. <laughs> right. So, okay, guys. Okay, guys so uh, I, have a, my, I have a coaching client that's coming. So I got to go now. And uh, I yeah. am speaking to all of you. Uh, I probably have to go too. So, so it's been thank great. Thank you for everything, Aldrich. Hey, thank you all. So, and thank, thank you, you for all of people, the audience. Hey, thank you for hopping on and just um, always hanging on with us and just listening and glad that we can bring value to the network. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We love you all. Thank you. All right. Later. Bye bye. 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 bye.